0: From the Centre for European Reform, this is the CER podcast. It is a critical moment. If we do not act with urgency, we would then severely undermine
1: the liberal order.
0: Brexit means Brexit, and we're going to make a success of it.
1: The wind is back
0: in Europe's sails. We have now a window of opportunity, but it will not stay open forever. Hello and welcome to another CER podcast. My name is Sophia Besch and I'm here today with Sam Lowe, who is a senior research fellow at the CER. Hi, Sam. Hello. Sam, you're here to talk about the customs union. And you and I have talked about the customs union before many a time. And you've written quite a few pieces on this topic. Why did you, why did we feel like this podcast needed to happen?
1: A customs union is something that I think I've written and spoken about more than any other subject in the last two years. And, and the reason I think we still need to continue speaking about it is that no one, no one seems to know what it is so 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 everything i've written and said before has has failed has failed to make the impact i would have hoped and there's and there's a lot of confusion and and more importantly i think the reason we we still need to talk about it is it is despite what's happening with the conservative party right now and its implosion and and the the uncertainty as to what's to come with brexit the uk being in a customs union for a period of time if not for forever is still a very plausible mm. outcome so i think it's important that we clarify what being in a customs union is, what it means, what it allows us to do, and what it stops us from doing.
0: What is being in a customs union? What does it mean? What does it allow us to do? And what does it stop us from doing, Sam?
1: <laughs> well, at its most basic, being in a customs union means that two countries not only remove quotas and tariffs on the goods trade uh, between them, it means that they also apply the same tariff level on goods imported from the rest of the world. And that's it, if you're just looking at a basic customs union. Of course, it can operate as a framework, so that's where you start and then you build in other things. You maybe build in some uh, regulatory alignment on goods, or you build in some customs cooperation to smooth over processes at the border. Or it forms part of a bigger agreement where you also have a pillar on, say, services trade, or you have something on research cooperation. But it's most basic. It's just tariff-free trade between two countries, or in this case the UK and the EU, and and uh, an alignment of uh, tariff levels on imports from the rest of the world. What's the point of doing it? So it's best to, I suppose, compare it to a free trade agreement. So what does it give you that a free trade agreement doesn't? So you get the tariff-free trade, you get that under a free trade agreement and a customs union. But the difference in a customs union is it's much easier to qualify for that tariff-free preference. Because under a free trade agreement, that tariff-free preference is conditional. You have to be able to demonstrate that the good you are exporting under the terms of the free trade agreement qualifies for the zero tariffs and is, in effect, local enough to qualify. If you're in a customs union, you don't have to do this. You don't have rules of origin, which is this process of qualification, because you have the same external tariff as, uh, on goods coming in from the rest of the world as the country you're exporting to. So in the UK's case, this would be the European Union. And that means that your products you are selling can instantly qualify for the zero tariff free trade because they're confident that it is from the UK and that they haven't benefited from lower cost inputs, say from China, uh, in, in, in the production processes that could lead to EU companies being outcompeted.
0: So those are the benefits then, right? This sounds yes. like a pretty good deal for both sides. What are the downsides?
1: So, 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 so I suppose it's the limitations is, is, is the first thing to discuss, which is all we're talking about here is tariff-free trade and it becoming easier to qualify for that tariff-free trade over and above what a free trade agreement offers. It doesn't, in and of itself, being in a customs union, uh, mean anything more than that. It doesn't mean frictionless trade. It doesn't mean there won't be checks at the border. It doesn't mean that there'll be even be any less paperwork. It just means that a car can more ease that we're selling, can more e- easily qualify for zero tariffs. and that and that, that's important, um, because, for example, cars produced in the UK as it stands, under the conditions of most EU free trade agreements wouldn't qualify for zero tariffs because only around forty percent of the value added is created in the UK, whereby the threshold is usually fifty five percent. So yes, it matters. But it doesn't mean frictionless trade. It reduces the costs of rules of origin in the, so far as you don't have to qualify for them and you don't, and you don't and even if you could qualify for them, you don't have to go through the cost of qualifying for them. So it gets rid of that, great. But everything else is supplementary. Everything else is still yet to be negotiated and would be over and above just what a customs union in and of itself offers. So that's a limitation. In terms of the downsides, being in a customs union would put constraints on the UK's ability to sign comprehensive free trade agreements
0: Oh, here we with- go.
1: The rest of the world. So this is this is the big issue. This is the political issue in the UK. What, what why do we want Brexit? We want Brexit so we can sign free trade agreements with the rest of the world. Would being in a customs union stop us from doing that? Not necessarily, but it would put in some major constraints. And this is where there's a lot of confusion. People just completely get this wrong, and secretaries of state get this wrong, and and and, and it's it infuriates me. <laughs> uh, <but laughs> now hence it's your why, platform. Why, hence why, yeah so so let me get up on my soapbox and rant. No so 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 what it means is if you're if you're in a customs union is that with the EU specifically is that the UK would not be able to lower its tariffs below that which are applied by the EU on imports from third countries. So that means in effect that the UK if it is to strike a trade agreement with another country is unable to do anything on tariffs unless the EU is also in parallel negotiating and striking an agreement with that country. So so in, in layman's terms, the UK will not be able to sign a comprehensive free trade agreement that allows us to lower tariffs on goods coming from China, India, the US, Indonesia, etc., unless the EU also strikes a free trade agreement with those countries. So it puts in place these constraints. But one big confusion in the UK debate is there's this narrative that if we're in a customs union, it means the EU would be negotiating free trade agreements on our behalf. Now, this isn't true. We would not be bound by the EU's common commercial policy. The Commission would not negotiate anything on our behalf. We would just be constrained in, which we, in what we are able to negotiate. But say the EU goes into a negotiation with Indonesia, for example, the UK would have to negotiate an agreement in parallel with the EU, and we would be bound to do so by the terms of the customs union, but the EU would not negotiate that agreement on our behalf. And if ultimately the EU has an agreement with Indonesia, it will not automatically apply to the UK. The UK will have to negotiate its own agreement alongside.
0: They can't do anything for us, but we can't do anything without them.
1: Uh, When it comes to tariff levels on goods. So we we would be completely dependent... If we're just talking about a basic customs union, the UK would still uh, face very few constraints when it comes to negotiating provisions with other countries on services, procurement, intellectual property, or representing ourselves at the WTO. We can do all of that independent of the EU, but when it comes to comprehensive free trade agreements that cover tariffs on goods, yes, we'll be bound to follow what the EU does and we'll have to negotiate it in parallel. And this is clearly a constraint, right? So so this this is a real issue, but it's just being accurate about... What that means in practice, because there's this narrative that the EU would just do things on our behalf leads to complacency. You know, there's this long-standing job that if we go into a customs union, Liam Fox will no longer have a job because he'll no longer be needed. <laughs> this, 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 this isn't true. It's, fun, it's a funny joke, but it's not true. In that the UK would still have to negotiate agreements in parallel with the EU. We'd still have to represent ourselves at the WTO. We'd still have to deal with trade promotion and we'd still have to decide what we want on services in all of these different areas. There'd still be a very big role to be played by the government when it comes to trade policy, and the Commission won't be doing it on our behalf. So we still have to do that. And and I think the meme that, OK, the EU would just be doing it leads to complacency in government, but also complacency in businesses. And they think, oh, phew, we wouldn't have to worry about this anymore because the EU will just keep on doing it and it'll be fine. People assume, for example, that the existing EU free trade agreements would continue to apply to the UK if we were to enter into a customs union. And that's not a given. We still would need to replace them.
0: Right. These are quite dangerous misconceptions then.
1: Yes, I think it's a dangerous misconception. But then the counterfactual is, so of course... You have to put in place... So this is a a constraint, and then you have to weigh it up on balance, assuming that Brexit is about trade-offs, you can't get everything you want, there'll be winners and losers. You have to weigh it up against the benefits of being in a customs union. And from an economic perspective, there's no evidence out there, or at least plausible evidence, to suggest that future free trade agreements that the UK could do that the EU wasn't going to do anyway are going to compensate for the losses of exiting a customs union with the EU. So what trade agreements if the UK could the would the UK sign if it was outside of a customs union that the EU isn't going to sign anyway? Yeah. Right? Because the ones the EU is going to do anyway, the UK is going to have to negotiate in parallel. So if we think about the priorities for the UK in this area, you have Australia and New Zealand. Okay, so the EU's already began negotiations with EU, with Australia and New Zealand. At this moment in time I'm feeling fairly confident about it. I think they will sign it. So the UK, even if it's in a customs union, will probably end up having free trade agreements with New Zealand and Australia anyway. The US. We will see what happens with the US. The, obviously, the EU and the US are negotiating at the moment under the shadow of the trade war. Mm-hmm. My feeling is that won't really go anywhere. So, yes, I think you've got this legitimate point to make that, OK, the UK could probably sign an agreement with the US, whereas the EU couldn't. But then there is still the question of, but could we, though? Because all of the aggressive asks of the US that upset Europeans, so, say, on food safety and the like... They upset British citizens too. So how popular would this agreement be? How easy would it be for the UK to actually get through such an agreement? And the answer is we don't know. My suspicion is that the British public, when it comes to the politics of trade, are actually quite European. Uh. And it might actually be quite a difficult process. So perhaps not. China? Maybe. The UK could probably sign an agreement with China. Switzerland's done it. Iceland's done it. But it'd be quite lopsided and quite shallow. So yes, maybe that's one that could happen, but also you then have the controversy. If we sign an agreement with China in this political context right now, what with trade wars, Huawei, and the like, we'll be putting two fingers up to the US. So there's the politics of that comes. In.
0: Well, quite. And what would that mean for the agreement with the US?
1: Exactly. So, so, so the counterfactual of okay, we're outside of a customs union, we're going to do all of these free trade agreements is, are we? Because I'm I'm not so sure, and we'll have taken the economic hit without actually much certainty as to whether we're going to be able to make up for it by other means. So from an economic perspective, the argument is quite clear. We should be in a customs union. It's good for UK man, the UK manufacturing industry. But politically, of course, there's different arguments in play in that a trade agreement with the US has been held up by a prize, a sort of a reward for Brexit by some. And yes, being in a customs union with the EU would make that very difficult the i suppose the other constraint the other issue that people bring up and get and get spectacularly wrong is there's this idea that okay so the uk would still have to negotiate in parallel but what incentive would these countries have to negotiate with the uk if they've already got a, an agreement with the eu and the uk is bound to apply the EU's tariff as its border doesn't that mean that the UK would just have to unilaterally let in goods from, say, Indonesia to go back to Indonesia?
0: Yeah, doesn't it, Sam?
1: Yeah, it does. It's, it, w- it would have to just let in goods from Indonesia tariff free anyway, without Indonesia giving us an agreement. And this is this is not true. This is this is, or at least it's it's not the full picture. In that, if the EU were to strike a trade agreement with Indonesia and Indonesia refused to do an agreement with. The UK. There is a risk that Indonesian exports that enter the EU at a lower tariff could find their way into the UK via the EU. And there is definitely some risk of that. But in terms of direct imports from Indonesia, the UK would still be able to apply the higher tariff to those. And we know this is true because that's what Turkey does on, say, imports from Turkey, which is in a customs union with the EU. Uh, When it imports from Canada, Canada has a free trade agreement with the EU, but not with Turkey. Turkey continues to levy the WTO higher tariff, uh, level MFN tariff on imports from Turkey. It doesn't apply the lower tariff that is on offer to Canadian imports, uh, exports entering the EU. So... This risk of circumvention of goods entering via the EU into the UK at a, at a lower tariff than before is, tr- is real, but on direct imports the UK could still offer this higher tariff. And this matters because it means there is still quite a large incentive for, say, Indonesia to negotiate this agreement in parallel with the EU, with the UK, because it will want direct access to our markets, to our consumers, our quite wealthy consumers, Um, for uh, when it comes to its exports. So is there this risk that countries might not want to sign an agreement with the UK whereas they have with the EU? And this is something that Turkey definitely struggles with. I think it's much reduced. I think the UK is in a much stronger position than Turkey and because of uh, has been quite rich, and and our consumers quite profligate. Uh, there is incentive for these countries to sign this agreement in parallel with the UK, and to and just to be blunt, the UK isn't Turkey. We've got uh, greater standing, and and other levers to pull.
0: Okay, so the UK would not just get turkied. I just wanted to get that word in because I find it so charming, and yes. it's your invention, I think. Um, but is Labour right to say that the UK? could negotiate a better customs union than Turkey then.
1: Yes, and I suppose this is the big, one of the big issues in the existing debate, where Labour say, and it's Labour's position that they want a customs union, but they want to improve upon that, the agreement that Turkey has. And the answer is, could you improve upon, the answer to the question of could you improve upon what Turkey has is yes, you could. Would it be possible for the UK to do so? I think so, and, Labour haven't gone in haven't come out with this statement blind it's based on discussions they've had with the EU. In terms of what could be improved upon I think You can legitimately get uh, greater consultation. So before the UK, EU enters into negotiations with a new country, uh, it will consult with the UK to inform them so that the UK can begin its own preparations. You could see negotiations more readily happening in parallel where the EU applies more pressure to these third countries to negotiate with the UK in parallel. And you could see um, discussions progressing when it comes to implementation. So the UK and the EU agreeing to implement said agreements at the same time and all of this is possible and all of this has actually been proposed for turkey in the past by the commission but has been blocked by the council by the member states because of other concerns to do with turkey the one i suppose big question about this is is could the eu offer this improved framework to the uk and not offer it to turkey Mm. and my feeling is that it would probably have to be on offer to turkey as well or at least that's what the commission would push for. The commission have wanted to upgrade the turkey relationship for a long time. So so and this might be a means of doing so of of getting over member state objections. So yes, I think it's possible, but there are limits. And the big limit I suppose is on the question of could the UK have a veto over EU trade policy? And the answer here is quite simple, it's no. Obviously not.
0: So We've spoken, you've spoken mostly to a UK audience now, trying to
1: clear Mm -hmm, up
0: um, what we're negotiating on the UK side. If you would address our EU-based listeners, how likely do you think this message is going to get through in the UK? How likely is it that Britain will go for a customs union in the end? What should EU listeners expect?
1: What should they expect? Well, will will this message get through? I would... would, um unfortunately, go with no, as in I've been trying for two years. And whilst, and whilst uh, this podcast may, may finally get the mainstream cut through I've hoped for, <laughs> I, 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 I do worry that the British politics at the moment is so insular and tribal that people aren't really open to considered thoughts on compromised solutions whereby there are downsides and upsides and and, and no one ends up particularly happy. But as to whether it... We could end up there. the answer is yes it 's quite it 's quite possible, and this does obviously it, it's it 's preconditioned on the idea that we do leave with an agreement and and not no deal because obviously in the event of no deal then then this does get removed from the table at least from the immediate future but if we leave, if the u k leaves with an agreement and is unable to reach a consensus view on what happens to Northern Ireland in that If we want a, if the UK does want to just have an arm's length relationship, a free trade agreement style relationship with no customs union, no single market involved, then Northern Ireland will have to be treated differently. It will have to remain in the single market for goods and customs union. So if we can't get to that point and we're still at the sort of level of debate where we want this whole UK relationship, then if we are to account for Northern Ireland in this, then yes, it involves a customs union. And that comes with all of these trade-offs that we've just spoken about. I think from an economic perspective, it is, on balance, better than not being in be, not being in one. And, of course, for Northern Ireland, it's a prerequisite for having an open border, if not sufficient. You do need all of the single market aspects on top. So, yes, it looks, if we do, and it's a big if, if we do have a structured withdrawal... Yeah and we do get to this discussion on the future relationship, then a customs union seems quite a likely outcome, If, maybe, if not, maybe not forever, but at least for the foreseeable future.
0: Right. So if and when we get to that point, maybe you and I can record another podcast where you explain what the customs union is and what it does.
1: <laughs> all over again. Here are all of the things that people still don't understand about being in a customs union.
0: <laughs> all right. Thank you very much, Sam. Let's hope this gets to the right people.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to the CER podcast. If you have any feedback for us or want to leave suggestions for a future episode, then you can find us on Twitter at CER underscore EU.